1: Learn more at marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
2: Hello and welcome to Footballers. I am your host, Hunter, and this week I am joined by the usual crew, the foot coach, Steve Stokes, right foot, foot trader, and Matt Lamborn, Footstock's legendary icon. Matt, how are you doing this week?
3: Got a bit of a sniffle, but I've been really enjoying
2: FIFA 22, so plenty to talk about today. Looking forward to it. Indeed, sir. I'm I haven't played FIFA 22 in a week, but not because I don't enjoy it. I actually love the game, just haven't had time to play it. Steve, how are you this week, man? I'm
4: okay. I'm a little bit tired. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it's pretty heavy work schedule at the moment, grinding the game, figuring things out, working with a few pros, uh, and obviously running the Foot Academy. So, yeah, hard work, but I'm still loving it. Happy to say I'm still enjoying everything.
2: Good deal. And last but not least, right foot. How are you, man?
0: Um, very good. Busy week at work, but um had time to play some FIFA. Still absolutely loving it. Can't get enough.
2: Glad to hear it. Well, we have a whole slew of stuff to go over this week. A lot of things going on in foot. We have some market topics we're going to discuss. We have one to watch team 2 to discuss. CR7 player of the month, SBC. We got a patch coming soon. Tons to dive into and we're going to throw in a couple of other interesting topics toward the end of the show. We're going to we're going to go over some hot takes. So stay tuned for that segment. But first thing I want to get into, it has my concern here, the market. I've been holding fodder, thinking that this CR7 SBC would make it rise, but what is going on with the market, Paul? Because it's very stagnant. So many players are so cheap. And at this point in the game, it's, it's very unusual.
0: Yeah, I think the majority of it is just the fact we get supply every day from preview packs. We've had a few other uh, SBCs that have supplied the market and people are just playing. Getting little bits of rewards from rivals or um, foot chaps, foot champs qualification. But yeah, it just, nothing seems to be going up, which is not ideal for a trader. It's been quite difficult, but we've still been making coins. It seems the only cards that seem to rebound are your cards that are the sort of higher end, the icons or gold cards are a nightmare, but Kante seems to recover a bit. But it's, yeah, it's hard work at the minute.
4: Neymar isn't. I'm losing coins by the minute on Neymar. <laughs>
2: it seems a, like there's a just a handful of cards that are actually appreciating in value, which I mean, that's not all un- too unusual. I mean, eventually they peak and they'll start drifting down because they know some content's coming. But I mean, you can still buy 87 rated cards on PlayStation for 65, 7,000 coins with a CR7 SBC out. That's just crazy to me. Hopefully I can offload this this transfer list because I don't really have any, any much room for it unless um, that's like I want to like somebody else I know. Steve, did you go on a this week?
4: I did, yeah. And I've just about got myself back out of it again because I decided that I wanted to buy a few players. So that didn't last long. I ended up making about 30 coins per card on an absolute ton of Marco Asensio's. So we kind of knew that it would end badly. We weren't quite sure how, but there we go. There's the more. That's the uh, the expected ending.
2: Yeah. And, you know, going into this, this SBC that we knew we were getting, or we assumed we were getting, we got today, this morning, which is Friday. CR7, player of the month, great looking card. The price tag is ridiculous. Steve, we talked about it a little bit before we recorded, but to me, it just doesn't seem like people are going to do this SBC. What do you think?
4: I think that it's, uh, it's just prohibitive, isn't it? And I'm really not a fan of these SBCs where you've got to submit so many squads. People have only got so much time the, the game's just come out. People want to grind the gameplay, I presume. I know I certainly do. And when you look at the amount of time that it's going to take to actually, you know, even if you've, supposing you've got the cards or you've got the coins and, you know, you're you're in the, the rare fortunate position of being able to do the SBC, the amount of time that it's going to take, I, do, I think that's going to be a massive turnoff for people. Forget about the price. It's just, it's a, it's a massive pain in the arse as far as I can see.
2: Yeah. I mean, even in FIFA 21 last year when they had all the, uh, the SBCs, when the, the slot machine was going... There was times where I had the cards and I had the coins. I just didn't want to take the time to do it because it t- it's such a chore. Yeah. Paul, are you going to be doing this SPC?
0: No. I think if anybody is thinking about it, go buy the ones to watch. You know, it's it's tradable. It's chances of upgrades. It's just a ridiculous SPC. Uh, four 80, 89 rated squads. There's not that many cards in the game over 89 rated. So it's, I don't, I don't get, well, I do get it. You know, they don't want to devalue the the ones to watch. But yeah, it's a no from me.
4: He is going to get upgrades as well, isn't he? It's, it's not really an if. It's, I mean, it's assuming he doesn't get injured or anything. Right. Playing for Man United in the Premier League, the start that he's gone off to, he's going to get team of the weeks.
0: Yeah. He's going to get other player of the month probably. You know, it's silly, really wasted.
2: Matt, what do you think this does to the game? Do you think this hurts the game? Do you think it helps the game? Or are you indifferent?
3: Uh, it's a good question. I think from the type of game that I like to play at this stage, I think overpricing it is good because if everyone achieves what they want to achieve, that would normally take months down the line to get this incredible Ronaldo card, which would be so far ahead of the power curve at this point, then they're already spoiling their own enjoyment. If we all had the best players on day one, it would be boring. There would be no no journey throughout the game. Yeah, I think it would, would remove a massive element of fun from it, quite frankly. Part of the enjoyment of Ultimate Team for those who can't just splurge FIFA points and get the team they want right away is going through that pain factor where you have to grind up for the team and everyone who complains about it being paid to win, that's the the path that you set for yourself and it's going to take you a lot longer to get those type of cards. So it would have took you an absorbent amount of time to have gotten the bog standard Cristiano Ronaldo for lack of a better word and even more so for this one Uh, so it doesn't change much and just my very uninformed observation at this point because I've been moving house in the last week so I'm not as attuned to everything that's going on as I would like to be at this stage but looking at the player of the month Koulibaly and now Cristiano the upgrade doesn't seem that big for a player of the month yeah compared to in previous years it seems really stingy so okay it's the best version of one of the best cards in the game on the gold database but it's not worth all that extra effort at the time of creating the squads to go into the SBCs, trawling the market, trying to buy them and then you get a slightly better version of the Ronaldo that's already there and as right, he says, you'd be better off getting the ones to watch because over the course of a season you'll get more value from it, I think.
4: Am I the only one who gets the impression that maybe EA were a little bit reluctant to put this card out there, that they would have rather that Cristiano Ronaldo hadn't got the player of the month at this stage of the game?
2: Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. I mean, Paul, you touched on it. You all kind of hit on the same topic, but I mean, when was the last time we got two special versions of CR7 in back-to-back weeks in the kickoff of a foot title? I mean, it's like you said, if, if everybody were able to go out and get this card, the game just wouldn't be fun. I mean, it would be extremely boring. Everybody would be using CR7 and it would be dull. And then everybody would be complaining that, oh, everybody's got CR7. So it's a good thing that everybody can't achieve this card. And if you want the card, you can go get the card. So to me, they've done the, and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but to me, I think they did the right thing here. Those fans of of Man United fans or CR7 fans who really want the card, you can go get it. Go get the card. Nothing's holding you back.
4: Another point to make here as well is that CR7 just isn't that popular this year. If you look at most pro teams, he's not getting in there. It's all Mbappe, it's all Messi. Nobody's particularly interested in, in Neymar either Neymar or CR7 they're just the cards that nobody at the highest level is even really bothering with them.
2: Paul what do you think about this new one Aldem SBC one to watch?
4: Yeah, I think
0: it's not amazing value but it's not it's not horrible. Um when Aldem scores and gets involved a lot of goals when he plays for the Netherlands and I think PSG will definitely get the the five wins from 10 so he, you know he could get the five wins from 10, uh, an inform maybe, and it, it won't be a bad-looking card. I think it's about 120k, which was, is quite expensive at, at this this stage of the game, but it doesn't look a bad card.
2: Good links. Yeah. White Allen's always a really good card.
4: He'll get the wins to watch upgrade. That's that's guaranteed, but I don't see him getting many informs, not in that PSG team. He's, he's just not going to be involved in many goal-scoring opportunities.
2: That's true. Yeah. Very true. Matt? Yeah, pretty much in agreement with what Steve just said there. Um,
3: you'll, you'll get the PSG wins, but he's not a prolific player in general. He's a builder of the play and he's, he's going to be putting things on a plate for, for the attackers who are going to get the majority of the informs of PSG. So, um, only if you're a staunch PSG fan or you, you're desperate to get that, that Dutch link. For some reason, I'm not, not very sure what that would be at this point, but yeah, it doesn't stand out to me. And I've got a, a half PSG team in my, my main squad and I'm not even that fussed about it, to be honest. So um, not worth the money, I don't think, at this point, unless you, you're you very flush with coins. Having said all of this,
4: these are actually good reasons to do the SBC. Because as you say, he does have great links to, to Messi, to Neymar. And the chances are that he won't get many... Inform upgrades. You know, if you've got the uh, the eighty four Winaldum now, you'll probably be stuck with the eighty four Winaldum for the rest of the of the FIFA cycle. But he is going to get that wins to watch upgrade. So, if you want an upgraded version of Winaldum, probably your only opportunity to get that upgraded version is by doing the ones to watch card because it will be upgraded to an eighty six almost inevitably. If that makes sense, I think that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're saying he's not going to get an inform.
2: Yeah, I think it's unlikely. What about Koulibaly at 150k? Is that a bargain?
0: Not in my eyes. I think not much different from his his gold. Um, he's got the agility of a unicycle.
4: <laughs> Unicycles are quite agile.
0: <laughs> I meant the balance of it. Can we say that again? That were a good one. No, that, no, 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 That were a good one. He's got yeah, the balance of a unicycle. For f- <laughs> sake, <laughs> I've been saving that all week.
3: Oh, cool. Oh, He's yes. got the agility of a penny farthing. <laughs> that's what he was
2: looking for. What about Benzema? Player of the month. Ooh. La Liga. Ooh. It's quite cheap. Kind of expensive for a Benzema card. 126k for Benz. I don't know.
3: I love Benzema. so, And he is my, uh, my main striker in my team. So I'm, g- I'm going to have to do it, even if it's not strictly great value for money. But sometimes you just got to do it for the fun of it. For the content, maybe
4: you know Content with a K when are you streaming Matt you threatened to stream the last time what the hell
3: I'm not overly confident that my internet connection can handle it because I'm getting a lot of bad gameplay without streaming (laughs) so if I had stream into the mix I'm going to try it obviously but I'm not confident it's going to be possible at the moment with my internet connection Mm. but uh, I've I've been finding my rhythm before I take it on stream and embarrass myself but uh, yeah we'll get there
2: Footballers is brought to you by the Foot Academy the one-stop shop for all things foot whether you're struggling in FIFA 22 or simply want to improve to the next rank, Foot Academy is the place for you. And if you're really serious about taking your game to the next level, professional coaching is available with limited slots. Best of all, it's affordable. To sign up, visit patreon.com forward slash That's patreon.com forward slash Or click the link in the show notes. Right, besides Messi, which one of these players would you go after uh, in this one to watch Team 2? Who's got your eye?
0: I think Depay, you know, he's chances of a few upgrades, and there's not many decent ones to choose from, is there? Really? Uh, but yeah, I think I'd I'd go for Depay,
2: three star weak foot.
0: Yeah, it he, he fits into my team nicely though, and Lukaku was okay when I used his gold, but you know, there's nothing I really want. Yeah. Apart from Messi, but you know, I'd I'd use Depay. He seems he seems all right.
2: Yeah. Well, Steve. Which one of these players are you looking at, or which would you say is a is a bargain? Let's say
4: it'd be Ramos if I had to choose anybody. There, mm-hmm. he's I used him briefly to uh, I linked him up with Marquinhos, and he's okay. Something that I'll talk about a bit later is centre back some pace, and Ramos currently has seventy pace, which isn't the highest, but I think his defending stats probably are enough to mitigate that. And the thing with Ramos, of course, is that. Uh, well, I, don't, I was going to say that he takes penalties. I don't know if he is. I think Mbappe's actually taking penalties for PSG at the moment, isn't he? I was going to say he's likely to get upgrades because he'll score a few goals. He does like to get forward, though, regardless. You know, he's, he often scores from corners in the game. He's got the power header trait and he replicates that in real life. So, yeah, they're, they're going to keep clean sheets. He might get the odd goal and I would think that he's uh, he's a banker to get one or two upgrades.
2: Yeah, well... I think it's pretty obvious who I've got my eye on, so we'll just go ahead and skip me. But Matt, which player are you looking at? (laughs) Yeah, so there's a
3: couple here that look interesting to me, purely from the the sort of Matt Meta or or scraping from the bottom of the barrel. I like the look of Cucurella who's gone to Brighton this season. Um, I think given that he is a, well, he should be a defender really, but they've got him as a left-sided midfielder. I think he will create a lot of chances for Brighton. And uh, yeah, I could see him getting a couple of upgrades and he is discard price. So very low risk investment there, but... In terms of practical pickups, I think Sabitzer for Bayern is going to get lots of upgrades this season because he is such a goal threat. He plays for the by far the strongest team in that league who win almost all of their matches. So whether it's assists or Lewandowski or goals for himself, he's going to get several upgrades over the course of the season. He's going for about 25k at the moment. So I think that's pretty shrewd, to be honest. I think all three
4: of those cards that we've mentioned as well, they're, they're pretty much shoe-ins for the wins to watch upgrade. So they're pretty much guaranteed a plus two straight away.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, obviously I'm going to I'm gonna talk about it, but Lukaku on PlayStation right now at 360k, that's another card that is going to get upgrades. He's going to get informs. He's going to get the wins to watch. So he's going to go to 90. That card with some pace and dribbling upgrades with the strength, he's going to be a monster. He's already a monster. Really looking forward to that one. I'm going to try to fit him in. But uh, yeah, anything else you guys want to add on one to watch before we move on?
3: Just that I'm glad I didn't save my once-to-watch pack for this one, because I think it's a pretty weak release overall compared to the first one. And I did get very lucky in pack Hakimi, so I was very happy with my uh, decision there.
2: Yeah. So far, this is what we have. But remember, we're going to get three more players added Monday, 6pm UK. So maybe we'll get some, some more, I guess, juiced players. This should be decent.
4: I'd just like to say that anybody who did the Taliska SBC after he got in Team of the Week is a fraud. The real ones did him straight away.
2: The real ones did. Not afraid to admit it. Fraud right here. Fraud alert. Let's move on from one to watch. The patch. There's so much to go over. Uh, We're not going to get to everything here, but some pretty massive changes. Things that people were calling for, things that some people weren't calling for. What are some of the things in the patch that you saw that you think should have stayed as they were?
4: I'm I'm a big fan of the patch. There's nothing in there particularly that I I have great umbrage with. Um, something needed doing about the finesse shots. By the looks of it, from what I've seen in the pitch notes, the animations and what have you, there's going to be nothing that, that makes them useless. I think, you know, as I've said on, on previous podcasts, I said in the coach and the pro show with Lucas that, you know, we need some sort of deterrent against people parking the bus all the time. And at the moment, finesse shots, rightly or wrongly, that's the deterrent. So you know, there's got to be some sort of threat from long range. Hopefully, you know, I mean, they, they haven't actually changed the finesse shots, have they? They've just adjusted the uh, the goalkeeper animations. So the finesse shot will still hopefully be there. It's just that keepers will, will do a bit better with saving it. With the the other things that they've patched, I, I'm glad that they haven't patched goalkeepers any more than, than seems to be necessary. I think ironically what we're going to find is that the finesse is going to be the chosen finish from inside the box now because they've, they've made it more difficult for keepers to get to shots uh, in the air when they're taken from inside the penalty area and as we all know if you power up a finesse shot into the corner that's going to be uh, right in the zone where keepers have been nerfed to intentionally make them struggle so I think the finesse shot inside the area may be back
2: And it says they reduce the effectiveness of goalkeepers when diving for top corner shots taken from inside the penalty box. This change specifically applies to shots taken within 37 feet or 11.27 meters of the goalkeeper. So really interested to see if that comes back because I have gotten completely away from the finesse shot because they were simply, they just didn't work inside the box. But if they come back, I think people will find that they'll be scoring a lot more goals. A lot of uh, referee logic changes coming in for uh, more fouls, calls for high velocity tackles fewer penalty kicks caused by reasonably timed slide tackles. So I'm curious to see how that's going to turn out because once people figure out they can slide tackle with no repercussions, if they overdid that, which they've been known to do, it seems like sometimes when they make adjustments, they just overshoot massively. But
4: It would be nice if they could get the referees to stop giving direct free kicks from inside the penalty area about three yards from goal as well. That would be good.
2: Did that happen to you?
4: Oh, this happened to me, yeah. I've, I've seen loads of it on Twitter as well. I think it's quite a common occurrence. I, I've had a couple where uh, it seems to be triggered when uh, if a foul's committed kind of just off the pitch, like say if somebody slide tackles into you as your player's going off at the byline, the referee will a- award a direct free kick from, as I say, literally two, three yards out and you just it's just you against the keeper with a dead ball. Crazy.
0: Well, the ones I've seen, there haven't even been a keeper there because they've got to be 10 yards away. So mm. there's not been a goalkeeper in front. So it's just literally been the penalty taker there, the ball and an open goal. Um, I have seen a few of those on, on Twitter, which is just, it's just mad. But they-
4: the other one is that you've got a wall lined up behind the goal off the pitch. So they're 10 yards off the pitch behind the goal. <laughs> and as you take the shot, as you take the free kick, the jump, <laughs> it's just crazy
2: uh we digress <laughs> well they did they did add a line in there about improving i don't remember how they worded it it was something about improving the functionality or, or explaining how rivals and weekend league works is that pretty much an admission of guilt as far as we didn't explain how the game works and people still to this day are still discovering things about weekend league and rivals matt you care to talk about this
3: Still baffling the fuck out of me because I didn't get <laughs> much chance to to really get into it in terms of uh, early access and whatnot, because I was busy packing up for a house move and then moving house. And then I'm just sort of picking up this week, like getting my um, rivals points up to where they need to be, that kind of thing. So I'm st- Still not 100% sure what I'm doing. I'm playing um, playoff matches now. I'm not entirely sure what I need to do to qualify for Weekend League at this point. Win right. five,
4: Matt. Just win five. That's all all right.
3: Right. Oh, I've got two, so that's that's good. So I'm on course. But yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not idiot-proof, let's put it that way, right? And it kind of needs to be given the amount of time investment required to actually get into the damn thing. Uh, you need to know if it's worth your while or not. And whilst we were singing their praises over the summer that, okay, they're reducing the burden... Of people's playing time over the weekend, they certainly haven't done in terms of what they need to play in the week to actually qualify. (laughs) So it's still as grindy as ever, but at least you get your weekends back if you don't manage to get into weekend league uh, official per se.
2: So what happens then, let's say I, I get my 1500 points necessary and I go into the playoffs. I haven't tried this yet, but if I fail to win the amount of games needed in the playoffs, am I required to go back and get all of my points again, Paul?
0: Yes, you are. Um, I had to do that this week. I failed my first attempt, so went back in, got 1,500 points, and fortunately, I made it on my second attempt, but I am all out of spare attempts now for the rest of this season, which... I thought I liked this this way of doing things, but if you screw up and don't qualify for a weekend, you're, you're knackered. And for a lot of people, weekend league is the reason that they trade, the reason that they build teams. It's, you know, it's why they play FIFA. And I just think it really needs to be changed. A good friend of mine is a good FIFA player, didn't qualify, and... You know, some people don't have time to be grinding 1,500 points again to, you know, in the same week. I think something needs to be done. I think they need to give more attempts, you know, give unlimited attempts or even 10 a season,
4: but just do something. I've started seeing it on Twitter. I've started seeing the complaint. What was wrong with how it was? Why did they have uh, to change it? <laughs> and yet the same people, of course, were moaning last year. Oh,
3: I hate champs.
2: Yep. It's, it's the same old story.
3: It needed to change. but um Yeah. They're asking a lot out of normal people now. And if they're just trying to revert Chance back to being this elitist mode that it was perhaps intended to be originally, and it's very harsh on the people who've be- become accustomed to having that as part of their their weekend entertainment or whatever you want to call it. But um yeah, it's going to get more and more pro-centric, I think, or, or at least the people who have the most time and are capable players are going to be the ones who have it exclusively to themselves. the The average Joe won't get to do it anywhere near as often as they did before
0: the thing is once you're in higher divisions it's a lot easier to to get the points if you get a win in division four or five you get 100 points so it's you know it's not crazy but it's a lot of time for your average person who's at work all day and gets an hour or two to play fifa every other night
2: yeah it's very bad for the catch rule. absolutely still confused about how rivals and foot champs work do yourself a favor use the website that i use for all of my foot information fifauteam.com it's the one place you can get everything you need how things work in foot when certain items are coming out how the new game modes work fifauteam.com that's fifauteam.com Steve i mean the the general state of VA's comments right so where are we with that because they just can't get it right when it comes to putting out information about the game that they create i'm not trying to be negative here but it's incredibly frustrating that we just can't get some direct information it's everything's vague Nothing is clear cut. Everybody has to make assumptions and people start spreading rumors and you know how fast stuff spreads.
4: Mm. Yeah, I I heard it said today that there are people who are playing the champs games and then coming back out and re-qualifying and then having a second go. Uh you know, two weekends league, two weekend leagues in in one go. Whether or not that's true, we don't know, but the problem is the fact that that's even a rumour that's out there that people are unsure about this is a real problem. And it's, it's a problem that doesn't need to exist. You know, this, this is just down to a lack of communication from EA. And it would take them half an hour to knock up some sort of pitch notes just explaining all of this. They've done a terrible job of explaining how the division rival system works. And it's now emerging as we go into the first weekend league that people don't really understand how everything works here. And it's not not just your casuals that are having this problem you know I, I interact with people at every level of the game there are top pros whose livelihood depends on fifa that don't understand how weekend league works and it's just it's a shambles it shouldn't be this way and there's really no excuse for it either it's easily
3: fixed
2: yeah it just seems like they just have a team of like three people working on this game at times i mean and you know they don't you know they have more than that i just don't understand the lack of they're just out of touch constantly out of touch with the community
4: Even if they do have three people working on it, how much fucking money do they make every year? They they can employ a fourth, surely. It's not going to break the banks.
0: And, you know, when it it were going to be negative for them, they're soon quick to fix it and put out some information. Today, people were getting red player picks from Weekend League that were tradable. So, you know, people were just flying through the games, getting the reds, listing them up on the market. They were insta-selling, so Son were, you know... 250k more than his in and it was just insta-selling um, the soon put a stop to that which is another thing gives a, some people an unfair advantage those who played the weekend league games all today got an unfair advantage with the rest of us they should have just left it to run over the weekend let everybody get the red player picks and change it for next week but you know
2: yeah, it, it definitely seems like they're always extremely quick to respond to things that may hurt the market or transfers or packs or the store. But when it comes to gameplay or issues at the core of the game that can affect so many other players, they're just, they're just blind to it. I don't understand it. Um, maybe the content team is better than the rest of them. I don't know. I don't know how it's set up and organized, but that stuff has to get better because it's, it's generally terrible in my opinion. Matt, you have a comment on any of this? You've been kind of quiet.
3: Yeah, I just think it it seems a shame that we've arguably got the best FIFA gameplay experience in years, maybe, ever. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying the gameplay. Absolutely. But the, the content side, which has been rock solid for a good two or three years now, I think we'd all agree content-wise, they've done pretty well of late. But this year, it's all over the place. They can't get a steady line company sidewise on on what it is they're trying to to do with certain things. It's very inconsistent messaging the player experience outside of the core gameplay, you know, all the, the foot champ stuff and everything, the div rivals. It's very poorly communicated. It just seems a shame that once they finally got a, a game that most people seem to be thoroughly enjoying, they just can't get these other little, little things right that they've been doing so well for a while. In my opinion. It's it's very unfortunate. But I'm sure they'll get there. But um it, it needs to be done pretty quick before people start getting too pissed off of it and moving on to something else.
2: Yep. Agree. One hundred percent. Not gonna spend all day on this. Yeah, get your shit together, please. Thank you. Let's move on to something different here and we're gonna do some player reviews. We may do this every week. We'll see what you guys want to do. If you, as the community, like this, let us know. Get involved. Come in our Discord. We have a free Discord. If you go to footballers.com, come in, drop us a line. Let us know. It's your podcast. Player reviews. Rye T, Do you have somebody you want to talk about?
4: Rye T. Is he a rapper now? Rye T. Yeah. That, he's a that's
1: what,
0: I'm going to change my um, Twitter and Twitch to write T. Just the T. <laughs> rap, rap. <laughs>
3: It's got to be Wright's Pie, surely.
0: I do, actually. And I I, I was having to think about who I was going to um, give a little review on. And Steve mentioned him earlier. Sergio Ramos. You're not going to
4: steal another of my players, are you? Are you going to use this Ramos? This is becoming a habit, Paul. Are
0: you going to use Ramos? Are you reviewing no. Ramos?
2: No. Sounds like you are.
0: Yeah. Um, Sergio Ramos. I got him early on in a two-player pack and didn't put him in my team, I thought he was too slow. I'd sold one of my centre-backs, so I thought I'd use him to, to fill in. And I've really, really not noticed the pace. It's just everywhere it needs to be, wins everything in the air. When he tackles, they stay tackled. Gives penalties away from some of these fair tackles, but that's something that they're looking at in the patch, I think, isn't it? But yeah, the pace, the pace isn't an issue. He's got the power header trait as well, I think. Scores quite a few from corners and just do it all. If people are looking for a, a cheap defender with good links, Sergio Ramos is your man.
2: Yeah, I haven't tried him. I just know that he's extremely cheap. And to me, that's always a warning sign. So judging off of the price movement of Sergio Ramos, I would disagree with you, but I haven't tried him. So I don't know. Maybe people just see the pace and they're turned off by it. Matt, who is your player? And you can't say Marouane Fellini.
4: Yeah, Who is it and why is it Marouane Fellaini?
3: No, it's, it's neither of them. Uh, but it is another it's another PSG player who is a little bit on the slow side. One thing that I've heard a lot of people talk about as a surprise package in this year's game is Modric, which kind of surprised me because I think he's good in every FIFA, really. Perhaps not quite as good last year as he was the year before and didn't get as many upgrades as he should have done until very late in the game. But anyway, that kind of player thrives in this game. Um, his short stature, quick turning, his finesse shooting is absolutely fantastic. So it's made me feel that, okay, there must be other similar midfielders with a similar range of stats that can be useful in this game. I'm primarily running a Real Madrid PSG hybrid team. And I decided that I would give a try to Marco Verratti, who's a player you would never really even think to, to try an in, in ultimate team in, in years previous. It'd be complete junk without significant uh, pace upgrades and whatnot. It's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I'm running um, a 5-3-2, yeah, which is a little bit shithouse, but because I've got uh, Hakimi and Mendy, it's making both, uh, best use of those players. And whilst I I don't bring Verratti forward as much as I would Modric or Valverde as the other midfielder, he is the one who has absolutely driving all the creative play in my team. So I play him in the middle of the free midfielders and I always have him making the most difficult pass. Because his passing range is phenomenal on strong foot or weak foot. And the creativity, the ability to control the tempo, to control the pace of the game, which is really important if you're having to play uh, possession style against really good defensive teams. He is absolutely phenomenal. Not necessarily from a goal scoring perspective like a Modric can be, he might not even get the the registered assist, but he'll probably assist the person who gets the assist if you get what I mean. He starts the play that d- takes the tempo. I really, really enjoyed playing with it. And I'll just describe to you one uh, outstanding goal that I scored this week just to try and sum up what I'm doing with Varati. So deep in my own half, he plays a weak foot long diagonal aerial through ball to the opposite wing, where Hakimi picks it up. He first time does a drill cross. Into, into the box and Benzema slams it in at the near post. It was absolutely glorious. It's one of the best feelings I've had scoring a goal in FIFA in years. And it was all because he could basically take everybody out with one massive pass on, on his weak foot under pressure. It was glorious. And I'll probably share it with Hundred so we can put it on the Twitter at some point because I do have it recorded. But it brought a lot of joy to my heart. And for a, an 8K player, which he is, is absolutely unreal if you're not a pace dependent player. Absolutely fantastic. I'd recommend anyone try it out if you need that
2: control in midfielder. Interesting. Yep, that's another player that's extremely cheap relative to historic FIFA's in uh at this time of the year with this price range. Steve, you gonna take us back to the defensive side?
4: I am, yeah. And before I do though, I just want to say that I think that people shouldn't really use prices as a gauge of how good a player is at this point because I think people are still working the game out and people are still kind of stuck to the, I'm going to, I think I'm going to be the first one to use the word meta today. People are still stuck to the FIFA 21 meta where you you needed quick defenders. And I think it's, it's slowly but surely emerging that that's just not the case this year. So when people cotton on to that fact, I think we might see the price of, of some of these some of these guys that have got great defensive stats and are lacking slightly in pace. And that takes me very neatly onto the player that that I would recommend that people take a look at, and that is the hero card, Jurgen Kohler. If you're running a Bundesliga team and you want a great centre back who bears more than a passing resemblance to Teabag from Prison Break. Jurgen Kohler is very, very much a man. He, uh, it's, I was actually turned on to him by um, Sean Allen. I, I was spending a lot of time watching Sean's gameplay, and he was using Kohler. And you know, the same as most people, my first thought was, "Well, he's too slow," you know, because obviously Sean's playing constantly against real top-caliber teams with a lot of pace. But he he holds his own completely. With a shadow on, because um, you you want to get as much pace out of him as you can, I guess. With a shadow on, you max out pretty much all of his defensive stats, apart from heading accuracy. He's six foot one, and he just he dominates everything in the air. His positioning is absolutely phenomenal. Short passing is 74, so you don't have to worry about playing the ball out of defence with him and you can hit those driven passes to your, to your midfielders. And yeah, I, I think that these cards are massively undervalued at the moment. Cold is going for about 130, 135,000 at the minute. And I don't think that's going to last. I don't, you know, I mean, maybe time will prove me wrong, but I'll, I'll stick my neck out and say that the price of that card is is going to go up. If you're running a Bundesliga team, there are kind of Overpowered centre backs. There, a lot of people are running Lacroix and Klosterman. Klosterman isn't necessarily that great. Lacroix, I'm still using him with Kohler, and he—they make a great tandem, really, because uh, Lacroix makes up in pace what Kohler lacks, so he can cover for him if—if if it does become a problem. But yeah, if you're looking to dump Klosterman out of your team and you want to make an upgrade, definitely take a look at Jurgen Kohler. Uh, you won't be disappointed, and he'll probably open your eyes to the fact that pace, perhaps. Isn't that important in FIFA 22? And uh, and yeah, teabag. Who doesn't want teabag at the heart of their defence?
2: I don't. I don't want a teabag. Anyway. um, Yeah, teabags. Sorry, threw me off there. Um, let That says
4: more about you than anybody else.
2: Probably so. I don't know. Maybe I've just, i got a dirty mind, I guess. But uh, anywho, let's get into some hot takes. This is something new. Here's what we're going to do. We've got a new segment in our Discord where the community comes in and they give us hot takes on the game, content, anything that they think is just extremely good, extremely bad, or indifferent, whatever it may be. And we're going to go through them and we're going to give our takes. The first one, we have Jack Custard from the Discord says, Bielsa would be sick if he played this game. Steve, I think that was directed at you.
4: I I don't know what his Twitch reactions would be like. He'd probably be a bit slow on the... uh, I imagine that he'd he'd get quite frustrated trying to do things like... Fake shots. He'd, he'd end up punting them out for throw-ins all the time because he couldn't quite get to the the cancel button quickly enough. I don't know. Tactically, he'd be up there, wouldn't he? I, I think the second half of Jack's take was that the players are too lazy. What
2: what was it? Oh yeah, the players don't put enough effort in. That's that was the second. Players part don't
4: put it. enough effort in. I think I mean, Jack's a Leeds fan. I think so. He's probably referring to the to the fact that the uh, the FIFA players are not quite as fit and as energetic as Leeds players. So perhaps, uh, perhaps if Bielsa was to play, he'd he'd have a word with the A and get the uh, get a skill game in there where everybody's playing murder ball, where they're just sort of running around at full pelt on eleven aside, can't stop. And yeah, apparently that's the secret to uh, to Leeds United's
2: fitness. So yeah, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, you mentioned murder ball. Did I see a tweet from you? I think I think you did it from the footballer's account this week, and you were using the meta ball. Did Did I see that correctly?
4: Yeah, I heard it was OP, so I thought I'd better check it out.
2: It's not OP, it's meta. Ah,
4: well, see, I wouldn't have known that unless I'd used it and you could have uh, kindly pointed that out for me.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Totter says, the game is too defensive. The defenders have every advantage. Defenders attack loose balls and the offensive players just barely jog. I have a rebuttal to this, but I want to hear yours first.
3: Uh, I politely disagree with that. I mean, it is harder to score in this game than it has been previously, but that's no bad thing. I think you just need to to keep changing it up until you find your flow. I was getting really frustrated because when I first started playing the game and I was in low low division, obviously, I was battering everybody. And as soon as I got to Div 6, the game changed. I was playing much more robust squads Better caliber of players scoring became very difficult until I forced myself to start experimenting with different formations and tactics. Eventually, something will click for you. You've got to find out what it is. But I do find that when you're coming up against good defensive teams, as per the the player I just reviewed, slowing down the tempo helps a lot, and being patient helps a lot. It's uh, if you just want to play that arcadey style where it's just constantly dashing into each other. You, You're just making it easier for the the better. Um, Attacking player or more skillful player will will get the upper hand or or the player who has the the literal best cards will have a supreme advantage. But if you can be patient and wear them down, and linking it back to the previous question you just said about uh, Bielsa not liking this, we're at a stage of the game where most of the players don't have great stamina. So substitutions become very important. If you can bring on a lot of big pace in the 60th, 70th minute when the opposition team is really tired, then you start to see the kind of pacey gameplay that you were used to seeing last year. It really comes into effect. So having good substitutes to bring on and knowing at what time in the game they can make the most impact, I think is quite super important. So that's something to keep in mind. That's a great point. Yeah. They'll get they'll get bigger stamina later on as they get upgraded. But right now, stamina is a premium. There's not enough players with great stamina, particularly the pace whores that we, we used to see.
4: I think as well, just to sort of add to the point that you make there, Matt. It's, you know, as you rightly say, it's not particularly unbalanced. It's not that games are ending nil nil. I don't think I've had a nil nil this year. Actually, I've had a lot of tight games, but I don't think I've had any goalless games. Um, and if 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 it was changed massively, you'd end up with with basketball scores which you know we don't want is one of the great things i've said it before is that when you score a goal this year you feel like you've really earned it and i think you know that that feeling of being rewarded is very important it's, it's something that i very much welcome
2: and if you score a long finesse shot from outside of the box you may not feel rewarded but at the same time you feel like you've outplayed your opponent because you forced him to defend so passively i guess would be the word but uh Yeah. So my homie Todd, he's a U.S. player. There's there's only a few of us in this discord. We really would like to get some more representation from the United States. So if you're listening to this, come give us a visit. Let us know what you think. But Todd, I just want you to remember the previous FIFA's we've played. How many times did you get frustrated when you made a properly timed tackle and the offensive or the attacker got the ball on the rebound and put it into the back of the net? I mean, that happened for years. I mean, going back to FIFA 18, probably it was such an issue and it's been an issue and they finally got it resolved. To me, this game is the most balanced game I've ever played. We just need to adjust how you're attacking. Kind of like Steve said, change it up. You have to slow it down. What really worked for me, and Steve, you pointed this out and you suggested it to me, and it's made a world of difference and I haven't gone away from it since, but slow build up. Even if you have to go slow build up possession, hold the ball, pass the ball around. This is this is more of a simulator. Than any other FIFA title we've ever had. Not saying that it is without doubt a football simulator, but it's way closer than any title we've ever had. So the traditional arcadey style just doesn't work, at least not at this point with the players we have. Anybody care to jump in on this one more time before we move on to the next hot take, Paul? Just one thing
3: I'll, I'll add before righty comes in, if that's okay, is if you think it's hard to score at the moment and defenses are really tough play, the, the silver stars, friendlies, it's a lot harder and it serves as great training for your normal sort of gold tier matches. If you can start to break down like decent silver teams, you'll have no problem scoring in, in gold games. It's it's such a great way of learning the basics. Can I, can I share a little tip here as
4: we're on to Silver Stars? I, I managed to get that done in about half an hour and the way that I did that I just used I used the silvers that were in my club I didn't buy a single card pretty bad team bit of pace in there bad chemistry set your team up in a 4 4 in game with constant pressure and forward runs. So it's just absolutely hectic. Okay. And you'll just devastate your opponents. And the amount of rage quits that you'll get off the back of that, where people just get overrun in the first 10 minutes of the game, it's, uh, it's a real, it's a real winner. You'll get it completed quite quickly.
2: You see a lot of people doing that in, in the online friendlies because there's no, you have no repercussions. So you might as well play like that. I mean, just go all out try to get it done early unless you just generally want to play the game. If you're in a state where you're frustrated with the guy you're playing against and it seems like a deadlock, just back out, start a new one. It's it's an online friendly, literally nothing happens to you. Don't sit there and get frustrated with the game. I mean, it's if you're not enjoying it, restart it, take a break, do something else, but playing through that, you're not going to go anywhere. Paul.
0: Yeah, I think initially I was frustrated with the game, but reiterate what Matt said, just keep swapping and changing and, you know, you'll find something that clicks. You'll start scoring a few goals, gives you a bit of confidence and and you're aware. Just keep plugging away because it, it really is satisfying once it all starts to click.
4: I'll tell you where people are going to get frustrated with this game and where people are getting frustrated with this game. I've, I've seen plenty of it. What's going to really do your turnip in is if you keep trying something and it fails and you keep doing it again. I've seen so many people just banging their head against a wall just expecting it to be different next time. If you're doing something that isn't working, change the way that you're playing because you will drive yourself up a wall by just rinsing and repeating the same old crap that might have worked in 21, but my certainly doesn't work in 22. So if you do something that does work, as Paul's saying, you know, be aware of that. Take note of what's working and, and repeat that. Don't keep making the same mistakes that you've been making that have led to you getting frustrated in the first place. Sounds kind of obvious, but I'm seeing so many people do it. Yeah,
3: there's a lot of bad habits out there already uh, that people have carried over from, from the old games and they just need to let those go. This is a brand new FIFA. so different to what we're used to, try different shit. It's going to be interesting once we we get uh, a couple months in and I'm not going to say like meta stuff, but the... People find commonalities and strategy that that start working for different setups, different types of players, and we'll start to see not meta, but a sort of community-approved way of, of playing the game, and we'll we'll take it from there. But right now, we're, we're back to square one. We are literally at scratch, and we're still figuring it out. That's a good, good point,
4: actually, to give a plug to my YouTube series, The, the Free Player Project, uh, which hopefully you're all tuning into avidly each week. Uh, th- th- one of the games that I included in the highlights in, in this week's episode, I was up against a guy who just relentlessly ran straight into my defenders. And he just kept doing it. You know, he was absolutely determined that this was the way he was going to play the game. And that's all he did for a full 90 minutes. He just he played through balls, out wide, and... Totally failed to take into account the fact that defensive positioning is so much better this year, and so these through balls aren't going to work if the through ball did get to his player, he was closed down immediately and lost the ball. Did it stop him from doing it? No, did he probably want to smash his controller at the end of the game? Yes, don't do it, kids.
2: He might have, and I, I came close a few times when I was struggling to be in the early days, but we're going to move on to the next one Paul. i'm going to let you come in on this one first jason m twenty four He says, pink pitch lines are not toxic. If I want to play in a fully customizable stadium with colorful goals and pitch lines, so be it.
4: You're asking the wrong person here, aren't you? Paul is
2: Mr. Pink Pitch Lines. This is going to go around the horn. I know you have something to say, Steve.
4: Jason,
0: you do you, brother. You do you. (laughs) I think pink pink pitch lines. The issue I'm having is I cannot get pink goalposts as well. Last year in my... Ultimate team, I had pink posts, pink nets, pink lines. Can't find pink posts. I'm having a real problem. If anybody can tell me how to get pink posts, DM me on Twitter. But yeah, it's just a bit of fun, isn't it? I know old people like Steve get a bit annoyed when they see pink pitch lines and funny-coloured stadiums, but be unique.
4: You know me. Unlike homeless people, I don't like change. I'm here all
2: week. My opinion is we should keep it the same as the the ball situation that we had last year. We harped on it for weeks and they finally fixed it, but if you want to use fucking pink pitch lines and green goalposts with black nets and diamonds on the field, you do you. But don't make me look at it because if you put the light blue pitch lines and I just shared a picture in our in our chat here, but I'll post it in the Discord maybe on Twitter, but if you put the light blue pitch lines on the pitch I don't have very good vision, but I can't see. I can't see where it ends, where it starts. You have to really focus to see where it's at. And to me, that's an issue. That creates an advantage for one player or the other, especially if one player has better vision than the other. And you know, it might be splitting hairs there, but I mean, take that out of the game. Leave it in the game to where you can look at it and only you. I don't know how you feel about this, Matt.
3: <laughs> you nailed it on the head. This has been going on for a long time now. And I encountered a rage inducing opponent who had um, a stadium full of shadows on the pitch. I nearly lost my head. It really fucked me off, to be honest. So, yeah, um, customizability is all well and good as long as you don't punish the other person by forcing it upon them. You know, I just want nice white pitch lines and a fairly bog standard stadium, please. And I definitely don't want shadows on the pitch. Let's just keep it keep it clean, Yeah.
2: Well, can we at least keep a, a shadow on the ball? Because, like, you know, that was an issue too last year where we didn't have a shadow and that was a that was quite an issue. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. We need that.
4: The thing I don't understand about this is, is the mentality behind introducing this kind of crap into the game in the first place because, you know, our listeners accepted. If there's one thing we know about the FIFA community, it's that it has an almost infinite capacity for acting like a collective twat. So why give it the opportunity to introduce... Silly pitch lines and goalposts and
2: yeah, don't do that. Like I said, if you want to do it, do it. Don't make me look at it. If I want white pitch lines, I want white pitch lines.
4: Don't do it.
0: I get that point that, you know, not everybody wants to look at pink pitch lines, but don't be lionist. (laughs) 2021. Steve, you used a dark blue ball that only you could see last
2: week. Fucking meta ball.
0: Nobody needs that. What's the difference? you just being bluest. Mm. That's
2: acceptable in
0: 2021.
2: I don't like where this is going. Do
4: you know who is bluest? Who? Papa Smurf.
0: I expected better, Steve.
2: Your jokes are great this week. That's all I had. So I want to share something real quick. This is totally off topic, but it's talking about pitch lines and pitch. I was watching Ted Lasso last night and... Uh, they were at Wembley playing the FA Cup semifinal against Manchester City. And Coach Lasso was out here saying, look, this is a huge stadium. It's got a lot of nice seats and lights and it's fancy, but it's the same pitch as any other one. Same size as all the other pitch. And they interrupted him and said, actually, no, it's a bit bigger. Is that a real
3: thing? Yeah. 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 The all old right. Wembley used to have the longest pitch, pitch in, in the UK, as I remember. Yeah. By some considerable distance. Yeah.
4: Well, not just that. I mean, certainly historically, I don't know how much it happens now, but if you had a team that, uh, let's say you were up against somebody that played with wingers and had very good wingers and you were at home, clubs would regularly bring in the, the touchlines and make the pitch narrower so that they had less room to play and happened all the time. I'm sure it still does.
2: So you can adjust the size of your pitch relative to what opponent you're playing?
4: Yeah, I, th- I think there are minimum and maximum parameters, but I think you've got a fair bit of wriggle
3: room within that. I'm sure um, Big Sam used to do that a lot at Bolton. Yeah, I had no idea. To stifle the good teams. Proper old school trick.
0: Bradford City's pitch used to be at the lower end of the allowed um, length and width, I think. And I think it is something like 96 metres to 105. So there is there is quite a bit of difference, but it definitely has an advantage, do not it? If, like you say, if you play wide and you've got a really narrow pitch, it definitely helps the home team.
4: It was never established, actually. There was a lot of talk about this in FIFA a few years ago, about whether or not pitches in FIFA are actually of different dimensions. And That was my next I question. Was ever, yeah, I don't think there was ever a definitive answer on that. If, if listeners know otherwise, then please let me know. I'd be very interested.
3: See, that's the kind of customization that actually affects gameplay.
2: Exactly. Mm.
4: In a
3: tactical way that would be really interesting. If someone yeah. wanted to play Matt meta and go super narrow pitch, I'd like to see how that actually plays out in gameplay. That'd be really interesting.
4: In terms of pressing and everything, you know, it's, it's not just about if you play wide, if, if, if you'd like to put a lot of pressure on teams, then obviously you want to make the pitch as small as you can. So, yeah.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Well, Steve, you mentioned FIFA. Saw something this week. Oh, yeah. that, uh, as if. Yeah. Who knows? Podcast about FIFA. I noticed uh, you mentioned something this week that there was an article released that they're looking at exploring the opportunity to potentially change the name of the game as was kind of what we got from it right can you hmm. elaborate on that
4: well yeah they're, they're no longer going to be aligned to fifa it would appear uh, i don't think anything official has been announced on that front at the moment but it certainly seems to be the way that the uh the things are aligning I, it's probably. I mean, I who knows the exact reason for it, but I, the FIFA brand has been tainted with the, uh, the 2015 corruption scandal, especially. And I would imagine that the name is about to get dragged through the mud again with the Qatar World Cup in in 2022. A lot of controversy about that with human rights and what have you. So I don't know. It may be down to licensing opportunities, or it may be down to FIFA just not being the uh, not being the attractive brand that it was once upon a time. I don't know, but yeah. I Looks like this will be the uh, the last FIFA, FIFA 22. Who knows what 23 will be?
0: What happens if Konami get the rights and they have FIFA 23?
4: Oof, there you go. That'd be very confusing. So we'd all end up playing PES, presumably.
3: It it definitely lets in the potential for a strong competitor because they've had such a stranglehold on licensing for like 20 or more years. I would have thought it's worth holding on to, even if they don't plan on using it, quite frankly. just Just pay for it and don't use it. It would just to keep everyone else out. That would be so
2: worth their while. Yeah, that was kind of where I was going with it is, do we think it's a good move or not? But I'm, I'm with you, Matt. Even if you don't use it, pay for it. You make plenty of money. Pay for it, keep it. Even sign it to a you know, a three to five year contract. That way you can just kind of keep a stronghold on it and protect that. And you can use it when and where you want.
4: That depends if FIFA would be up for that, I guess.
2: I don't know why they wouldn't be. I mean, who, who's going to come in and, and outbid EA Sports for that right? I don't see any other competitor well, doing that.
4: It wouldn't be a case of outbidding them, would it? If, if EA just jettisoned it, it would be out there to the to whoever wants it to pick it up.
3: It all really depends on what EA's alternative plan is, because they're going to need some sort of license to, to build around, whether it's like Champions League or specific. Uh, they either just do a deal with all the major um, domestic leagues and, and keep the international side out of it, because I don't think most people care about that anymore particularly if ultimate teams the cash cow these days what started off in 1993 as FIFA international soccer has become a different beast now it is mostly a, a club driven game so if they just got all the big league licenses and they can call it something else but they are risking some brand recognition damage by moving away from that because it's just when you say FIFA you don't even think of the organisation you think of the game that's the, the kind of status quo that we're in right now so yeah it'll be interesting to see what they've got up their sleeve that's for sure The way that FIFA, as in Ultimate Team, have handled the
4: communications and the disaster they're making of that, perhaps FIFA, the organization, would actually be glad to disassociate themselves from EA. (laughs) Who knows?
2: Sounds good. Well, that is going to wrap us up this week. Thank you for tuning in. Steve, are you going to be starting your stream soon?
4: It's it's waiting to happen. Yeah, I've finally got access to my Twitch account back, so that's a massive step in the right direction. It's quite honestly, at the, the minute, it's it's finding the time to do it. It's it's a combination of trying to squeeze it in, and also it gets to like seven, eight o'clock in the evening, and I'm I'm absolutely knackered. So hopefully, as things sort of bed down a bit, we'll we'll get to the stage where uh, where yeah, we can get a few streams out there. I, I want to do it properly. I want to have a schedule rather than just sort of popping up with the odd surprise stream here and there so yeah it will be done and when it's done it will be done
2: properly where can they find you on twitch and where can they find you on twitter
4: find me on twitter at the foot coach find me on twitch twitch.tv forward slash the foot coach the patreon is up and running the foot academy if you want to get better at FIFA, have some fun while you're doing it and join what I can safely say is certainly the best community that I've ever been involved with, then check out patreon.com forward slash foot academy.
2: Sounds good. Paul, you've been streaming quite a bit lately. Really enjoy your streams. Your viewership's kind of getting there, increasing. Where can they find you?
0: Yeah, I've been enjoying it. I had a week off work, so I streamed a bit. You can find me on Twitch, right f***ing mm-hmm. foot, W-R-I-G-H-T-F-U-T and... Right f-ing foot on Twitter.
4: When are we getting the merchandise? I've heard people have been haranguing you for merchandise. They they want right f-ing foot T shirts and what have you.
0: Well, the rumor is that tomorrow I'll be signing copies of FIFA 19 at Cash Converters in Bradford. Wow, the merch may be available there. Only rumors, mind.
2: Mm, sounds good. Mm. <laughs> We, we do have some merch coming for footballers. I had some uh, some products being made, and they should be in next week. And I'll, uh, I'll advertise those in the Discord, maybe on Twitter, and see what kind of traction we get with those. If you guys have some orders, maybe we can put more in. I can ship to Europe, but it's going to cost a little bit because customs will rake you over the coals, as Steve knows. Yep. Matt, where can they find you on the social media? And if you want to plug your Twitch? Yep, so it's
3: at Mat on Twitter, though there is a rumour going around that I might be retaking over the Footstock account in the near future for my streaming endeavours, but I'll keep you posted on that one for the time being. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's at MetsGamer on Twitch. I'm going to have to try and uh, bring all those shitty little user IDs into uh, a cohesive unit because at the moment it's all over the place. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll figure that out and I'll let you guys
4: know uh, next time. For our American listeners, that's Mets as in the French football team and not the greatest Major League Baseball team in the world.
2: You can follow the show on Twitter at footballerspod, footballers with a Z. And you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore foot underscore hunter, the foot hunter. Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll be back in a couple of days. We'll be posting on Thursday the new Coach in the Pro Show, and we look forward to seeing you then. Take it easy.
4: Sports Social Podcast Network.